talking normies. Oh, so wow, gonna, look at that. That's cool. So, uh, Spidey Harper has been subscribed again. That guy's great. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, I'm just going to start. I'm going to finish off the story. Hey, what up, everybody? It's the Talking Normies podcast, the only official Talking Normies podcast where we talk about movies and such. It's the Talking Normies podcast movies, but before we get into movies, we usually talk about a few other things. My name's Chris. I'm Pat. I'm Spidey. I am on the yes, Marquetta. Marquetta. Hey, all right. So what I was saying was because we're talking about the Malcolm X movie, so we're talking about Islam. Was that uh, yeah, I had this friend Fatima, and we were all like sitting down in like an art class, and it was me, her, this white girl, and like this Latino dude, and like somebody said something like mildly racist. So we're all like making racist jokes at each other, right? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, as it goes. Yeah, and you know, it was junior high, and Fatima, I was like, yeah, I was like, you should just sell more bean pies, and she like started crying, and then I was Aww. like, what the fuck? And like, um, she was like, it's really offensive. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. I thought we were just making jokes. I don't and then I found out later on that she's not even that kind of Muslim. I was like, well, <laughs> Maybe that you. made it more offensive. Right? I was like, I, well, now I'm just confused. I thought it was Wait, all lighthearted jokes. What? I don't understand the bean uh, yeah, don't Black Muslims, mean. they'll be over on 38th Street selling bean pies. Mm-hmm. What's a bean uh, pie? <laughs> what do you mean? It's a pie made out of beans. It's low-key fire. Yeah. Ooh. Not I never okay. heard of it before, bro. Yeah. Imagine eating that. a pie and being like, "Wow, that was savory!" And now I'm full, and it's got like it's chock full of protein. Yeah, vegan in spite of you know right where I'm talking about, right? Like 38th and like uh, Fall Creek. Uh, yes. Like, which is crazy because like say Franklin Shadeland Fall Creek. I want some. They're not over there no more, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe we got to go further east. I'm gonna go to Shadeland. There'll be a dude out there with the uh, flowers now. Yeah, or the, uh, the the dude who sells the uh, oh, yeah, the oils. I know, I know the, guy. the dude yeah, who sells yeah, the oils yeah, now. Flowers, oils, and they got oils Yeah, they got the smell good oils. But I mean. I never had one of the bean pies, man, because my grandma used to live on that side of town back in the day. When I used to come to Indianapolis, it'd be like the first thing I saw. We'd get off the highway. You'd be on 38 for a minute, and then boom, be like, oh, there's the dudes with the bow tie selling the bean pies, and they're just not there no more. Shit slaps, bro. Anyway, hey, we're going to do our weekend catch-up where everybody's going to tell us what they've been to over the weekend. And yes, we say weekend, but I really mean the week, because maybe you didn't do anything over the weekend. What are y'all been up to? Oh, shit. Uh, I think been out for a while i've been you know i don't try to think what i've been doing you've been out been Been out where i mean i've been missed the past two podcasts you know i had braces done and then invisalign and shit yeah and then what i do this weekend pat what's your life you know what's crazy i went to the gym i know that how many legs days did you have i had two leg days you know it's wednesdays and saturdays split it up um oh I saved a bird. Why do you save a bird? You did not. That I did not save a bird. Violently no. died. He did. I tried. What? I, I, I um. So I was walking Cash outside to let her out, and I, I found a bird like right by my house, and so was, I thought, you know, like I, I was going to try to save it. And I called Chris and Marquetta, and when I was, tr- they told me because apparently just, we're the people you call when you need well, to save a bird. Well, because she was born on a farm, and I figured she probably saved a lot of animals. You know, she lived in a village at best. She ain't on no farm. I mean, her parents got <laughs> land and shipping it. I, I I feel what you're saying. Yeah, so I I, I just I didn't know what to do it in that situation. I didn't know if it was safe to pick it up or anything like that. So <clears throat> after I found out it was safe to pick it up, and you told me just put it in somewhere in a dry area. So I was, when I was trying to pick this bird up, I, first off, I had like eight gloves on me. Like eight plastic gloves on me because I wasn't trying to get blood flu. You know, bird flu. You know when doctors do uh, surgery on you, they only wear the one pair. Maybe you had on too many. <laughs> Bro, the more the merrier, though. Obviously, they're not up to par with. It's like put on five. At first, off, these were sub- uh, subway plastic gloves. They they, they they flimsy. So if it fucks, it's, so I was, anyways, I was trying to grab the bird, <laughs> and so every time I was trying to grab the bird, it would jump out of my hands and it would just fall. And so I, I did that like maybe like three or four times because I, I didn't want to squeeze it too hard because I didn't know if his wings were broken or anything like that. Yeah, you kind of got it. There's a way you got to hold a bird where you're not, you know, kinda, yeah, kinda. Like, like that. But like 
Just yeah, but if I if I do that, I was, I was going. Yeah, you don't want to hold it too tight, and you don't want it to. I mean, there's like, I don't know, birds are delicate; they get bird bones. Yeah, like so you I, bring it in here, and then you put the thumbs on top. Yeah, so but it was move, it was like trying to move too much. Did it bite you? Well, first the first time when I was trying to pick it up, it did like the beak thing, but then I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck it. Anyway, so I was I was trying I moved the bird to like a dry area. Eventually, after like four or five times, and I I feel like I probably traumatized that bird too when I was doing that, and I brought some like crackers. And I left milk out there, and not milk and crackers. <laughs> what do like you get? You give, them, you give them water, but it's oh. okay. yeah, okay. no, that's fine. It, it didn't die for any of the reasons you did. I just uh, well, I, I don't of milk know. I don't know what happened. So because like milk a, a couple a couple hours later, when I go back out there, I just see the bird go back to the snowy spot and just chill in there. And then maybe he had I, a fever, I guess. And I called Chris. I was like, look, this I, I moved the bird over. It didn't do anything. And then like. An hour later after that, I go back to check on that bird. It dies and it's just flopped over. And Aww. so then I was like, what do I do with this? So then I thought Chris is just put in a trash can. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. That's not nice. So I. <laughs> Oof. You say uh, that. We got a hawk in our backyard and that motherfucker leaves literally the asses of chipmunks and the heads of decapitated chipmunks well, in our yard. Cool. It's not cool. No. You know what it looks like when you pick up a chipmunk face and it's staring at you while the brains fall out the back of its fucking head? You take this shit, you scoop it quietly in the back so you're not looking, and you throw it in the trash. Well, I didn't do that. So I I, I went upstairs and like like my family has like this little temple thing. So I took like one of the cloths off the temple thing. So I put wrapped it in the bird because I thought maybe that'll help the bird to go to heaven or like you know whatever. <laughs> bird heaven. Yeah. So I I wrapped it up and then I buried it right underneath the tree. And so now hopefully my tree grows. And, but I I. I but I feel like the I feel like other birds know that the bird was buried there because now that tree has a lot more birds. Huh. Well, it wasn't like a crow, right? New houses opened up. Huh? It's like new housing opened up. Maybe I don't know. But I also found a nest right by my house, so hopefully that wasn't birds. Damn. Like that. What if the other birds is coming to eat the baby? I just looked it up, and uh, birds are lactose intolerant. They <laughs> oh, don't have so I did kill the bird. It would have just shit its brains it's out. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So this reminds me. How much me. milk did you give it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it didn't drink it. I mean, the birds are not stupid either. Uh, But it reminds me of a story where my dad literally found, like, baby birds abandoned because the nest fell down from a tree. Mm. And he just brought them home. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, obviously, it was like, you'll take care of them. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't, what? (laughs) You'll take care of them. (laughs) So, like, immediately, I'm like, 10. So I immediately get emotionally attached to like all the fucking five birds there, right? Hold on, real quick. Can I also just let you guys know that Marquette's dad kind of looks like a James Bond villain mixed with a walrus. <laughs> so you got to understand a, a fairly big dude, not big, big, but like a larger man with a huge walrusy mustache being like, oh, Odd these are baby birds. Yeah. Odd job, but so tall. So he's just like, eh, tall you, you'll, you'll nurse them. And I'm like, uh, uh, like I didn't know what to do. So I just, I just kept them I, I i found like uh like a p- old pot that we didn't use anymore so i like put hay in it and i was just like I was like okay this is your new nest you guys are fine <laughs> i like put this like little heater next to it so they stay warm and i gave I, I put some like seeds there so they can like eat it but i think they were too small to eat seeds mm. and they needed like them? the the regurgitation did, did you try it no. no. <laughs> <laughs> committed. You can try just, I just like chopping it up. I just like up. left them there, but like I kept checking on them, and like every time I would check, like one of them would be dead. 
Uh, and like and my dad left he went back to work <laughs> sure problem and I'm like 10 years old that's traumatizing die one by one in my care by the time he came home they were all dead I was crying <laughs> next to a pot full of dead birds and then we had to go bury them together uh, and he was just telling me that it's okay uh, and I was funny. just like I'm a failure <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you're so bird-like. <laughs> it's kind of adorable that you put them in the pot. Like, yeah, put you got everything the together, and he just thrust these lives upon you. <laughs> right. Like, here you go. I'm going to work. I right. Be- I became a mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, um, Pat, your bird story is endearing, and I'm sorry that the bird didn't make it, but you did a good job. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wish you I would brought the bird inside. Maybe it would, if the warmth no. probably wouldn't have helped. No, it wouldn't have helped. I mean, you did more than most people would have done. So. Yeah. And the fact is that, like. I don't. All right, this is me talking out of my ass. I, I don't think birds don't get very cold. Some of them fly south for the winter. Others, we use their feathers for jackets and pillows and uh, things to make us warm. So, yeah. like, I, I think that they're pretty cold resistant for the most part. You've seen geese sit in frozen ponds and they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we did see that. So, like, yeah, they don't, I don't think they get cold like us. They can freeze to death, but he probably didn't freeze to death. He probably wanted to be outside in the cold. That's like his. Whole thing. Now I wonder why he died. He just freaked out because a giant took him into him. I, 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 I low key thought he probably died because I gave him PTSD trying to pick his ass up. Oh He's like, <laughs> yeah, you might have exploded his little bird heart. That is oh hilarious. Uh, there was also, I recently had a dead squirrel too. He was a big squirrel. And I was like, oh man, damn, the squirrel died. And I went to go like move it and like moved around. I was like, oh, this squirrel is dying. And I was like, all right, bud, I'll mm. come back in about an hour. You didn't kill him? What? What the fuck? Why would I kill him? Well, you knew he was dying in chocolate, like you like end his misery. Whoa! No, no, I'm not a fucking. <laughs> I'm not a farmer off tops. I don't even know if farmers do that shit. Now I'm wondering if you even took the bird in. Did you just smash? You just killed the bird. No, he just, <laughs> just made this elaborate story for us, right? Just a cover up. It's not. It's like the end of fucking I Am Legend. Not at all, bro. Not at all. No, I saw this squirrel and I was like, it looks like nature's taking hold, bud. Sweet dreams. Let the DMT hit you the way it hits you. <laughs> I'll be back in a little bit. I'm not the fucking god of my yard. I'm not here to kill the squirrels that wander into it. A little tweaked out squirrel. Yeah, no. I he after he died, I was like, ah, oh, this sucks, and I just threw him in the trash can. <clears throat> I mean, I could have buried him and all that, but I don't have time for all that. Also, the I'll- cat runs around the backyard. If I start burying squirrels, he might think that this is a normal behavior. <laughs> I thought he was the one who killed the chipmunks at first. I was like, our, our cat couldn't have yeah, done this. No. It was too clean of a kill, though. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, dog. I was like, oh, why is this chipmunk? I did not know you guys could find dead. Like, we have a hawk. Like I've seen this motherfucker, yeah. bro. Oh, and it, it's there's the area. only thing that could have killed this thing this cleanly, unless there's some ten year old with scissors yeah. <laughs> running was, around. I was leaving dead animals in New York. It just happened the one time. Oh, okay, okay. Like I saw the hawk like earlier that week, and I was like, all right, I gotta watch out but for the cat. Bodie tried to kill him. The yeah. hawk. I mean, Bodie, come idiot. on. And we were like, all right, fuck. I guess that I'll tracks. keep an eye out. And I came out to the yard to mow it, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And it was just like chipmunk head, chipmunk ass. Rest of chipmunk missing, and I was like, "Well, this is either some really fucked up kid, <laughs> or like a hawk. Like I can't think of any other animal." You guys gotta talk to. Is there like a nest up there? Uh, it's I don't. It's somewhere in the neighborhood because we got all those trees like around us. So like I haven't yeah. seen its nest, but like I know it's around. Is there you a tree in? Unsupervised a lot. He's there. too heavy, I think. You guys have trees I, in your I've yard. I've seen a motherfucking hawk take a fucking raccoon one. So dog. Oh my god. I was at home at my mom's house one time, and we have like. Two story house, right? There's mm-hmm. a loft and there's a window we can see outside, so the roof is like right in front of that window. Uh, I am upstairs just chilling, doing my own thing. I hear something thud on the roof, and then I see a rabbit running on top of the roof. 
<laughs> like, well, that didn't make any Bro, sense. Bro, I was freaking out because I was like, what the fuck is this? I see a hawk circle around and come no. back and grab the no. fucking rabbit right in front of me. <laughs> just... Yeah, and just boom, they're so boom. strong and Bro. so fast. Yeah. It was terrifying. That rabbit stood no fucking chance. Nope. No. I mean, uh, have you guys seen um, you know, Turley? Uh, mm. When Dermot has him out in Colorado, terrifying. he has a he's a raptor vest. He has a vest to protect from. It's made out of uh, glass, so that if a hawk tries to grab it, it can't. It won't be able to latch into the glass like its talons will slip off. So he's like, yeah, Turley just runs around. He's got a like fucking hawk proof vest on, <laughs> like they're in World War Five. That's so scary. <laughs> That's taking risks that I don't want to take a risk. That's terrifying. I mean, it's kind of badass. Turley's out here like, he looks like if we're going to put press on him, he's going to look like he's in a yeah, war zone doing energy. Well, like so because of the glass like in it, it can't grab on. It just can't. Little t- little slip. Any hawk that would be able to slip its whole entire talons around Turley and pick him up would be like, I don't know, a fucking condor or something. I don't know, a really big bird. But all the birds around the way, they try to pierce it. Okay. They don't just scoop it up like the claw machine. Yeah, we got bald eagles around here. I see them like every I saw, time. Yeah, man. It's, it's kind of wild. Every time I see a bald eagle out of here, I'm like, where are you are so lost? Yeah. Yes, they are. No, they're not. They're no, not? No, they're not endangered anymore. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah, we so we can start back. hunting? Huh? If you want. Not Two, I guess. Kill America. Shoot the birds. <laughs> you can hunt them in Canada. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so we can catch up. Um, I moved our bus this week. It's always bus stuff with me now in, in the winter. Uh Bus. It was too cold for the bus to move, so we had to jump it and then uh, wait for it to be warm outside again and move it because it was outside during like the uh, minus mm. ten days and I didn't. Ha- it's diesel, so you can plug in diesel, but I didn't have a place to plug it in, and so the batteries died and it was just cold. And I just had to jump it and warm it up. Uh, that was fun. Mm. I also dropped off some art at an amorous art show. Fun fact about being a photographer: uh, some people see people that take uh, nude photos as hacks. And I might be a hack. I'm not saying I'm good. I can take non-nude photos that are really good, too. But I might be a hack. Anyway, so the Amherst Art Show hit me up. And they're like, hey, can you drop off some sexy art you have? And I was like, sure. I don't know that it's quote-unquote sexy. But I did. I dropped it off. That's it. I'm selling the rest of my pillows. And I'm finishing my quilt and never doing any more quilts ever again. I hate quilts Oh, you found the printer? Good shit. Oh, no. I didn't find a printer. I am the printer. Oh. Mm. I figured out how to print onto cloth. <laughs> it has been a whirlwind event, and when I'm done, I'm going to sell that print shit. <laughs> that would be great. So you said would something about plugging your bus in. Yeah. You, you made it a hybrid? Yeah. yeah, like what you do? No, d- you can plug in diesel engines to uh, keep them warm when it's cold outside. I had no idea. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea you could do that. Right, it's, just a, it's just a diesel thing. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, it's not a hybrid. It is a regular ass. I was like, man, you're turning a school bus into a hybrid, but you should, you should patent that shit. I mean, someone's already. You can turn them into a all electric, but it just takes a lot of batteries. Um, Kenny, did we do anything else interesting? I think we went grocery shopping. Um, I don't know. I made a stew. You made a stew? stew. Lamb Ooh. stew, right? Ooh. I made a lamb stew. Where do you guys get your meat from? Giggity. From the store. Yeah, but which store though? Like, like, <laughs> like I. Not, well, okay, <laughs> there's a there's a butcher shop. Hey, 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 hey! Let me, let, let me know. I'll tell you off camera about the butcher shop we go to. I don't want people showing yeah, up there like a, some paparazzi there's and shit. There's a butcher shop but close to our house, and then there's a there's like stores, grocery stores. So, like, do you mm-hmm. trust your butcher butcher shop? Because I I watched this Netflix documentary about oh like you know like the four two siblings. The yeah, twins, yeah, yeah. So like you know, meat is bad and you gotta go vegan. But if you're gonna eat meat, you gotta make sure it's like locally sourced, right? N- no, mm-hmm. no steroids, no hormones, yeah. none of that shit. Yeah. You, do you sir, do you trust that that butcher that has that kind of meat? Yeah, 
I mean, I Maybe. think I, I, I when I do buy meat, which isn't often, <clears throat> I, I mean, I try to make sure it's like pasture. Ra- if it's like no anti no no antibiotics or shit, like that's not true. Okay, that yeah. that's but, what I usually buy. But pasture raised, pasture raised. Yeah, okay. they're just out yeah. there actually being cows. Yeah, they're being like an animal. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm all, we're also not testing our meat, so the guy could be lying. We don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Like, but um, I mean, I, so yeah, that's what I'm trying to find. Uh, Tercetti's and Fountain Square. Square? Yeah. yeah, Tercetti's. They, they, they they're pretty good. Yeah. So decent. Apparently, the label organic doesn't mean anything. That's else. what I get too. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, organic's just like, meh. Anyway, that's why does that make it so difficult? Just why just to add one marketing. extra dollar onto vegetables? That's it. I'm trying to eat my non-organic vegetables. I want to. I want a carrot grown in a lab. <laughs> my lab grown out of fire. Spidey, what have you been up to? Oh man! Oh man! Oh Grinding man. and climbing, I assume. Basically, yeah. Um, I mean, if. Yeah, my hands are actually moisturized right now, so you can't tell. But my fingers are like I don't have fingerprints at this moment. Oh my, my god! My actual pinky right here has worn through. Yeah, bro. What the fuck? On level of skin on both. Bro, hands. you can come in so many murders and get away with it. Yeah, you know that's exactly what everyone says, which is a weird thing that we always go to. <laughs> you like, still, man, you got DNA on your fingers. They don't yeah. use fingerprint. He's gonna leave a lock of hair or some shit. They're not yeah. dusting for prints no more. Really, going to jail for sure. Um, um, back in school, so yeah, I've been doing. Uh, I've just been writing stuff, I guess. I've been nice. reading Ooh. through things, watching some videos. And You've been book learning. Yeah, I'm doing uh, student success, which is really just like you kind of um, learning how to be a student, taking care of yourself, being responsible for your own actions and choices, this, that, the other. A lot uh, of people need to take that. What course? What course is that? Dude, student success, which really it is. I need to do it, that. It's uh, fucking amazing so far. Like You're not a student right now, Pat. Do it. It's real quick. Real easy. Um, <laughs> what else? That's really it. Man. That's really mainly it. I made Lomo Soltado again. What? Oh, my God. There's a shit. It is a Peruvian like stir fry. It's called Lomo Soltado. Um, I used, I had like a big pork shoulder. It was like seven pounds. And Ooh. I threw that in there. But like with Lomo Soltado, it is a lot of veggies. So it's like bell peppers of all three colors. I've got um, cilantro in there. There's jalapenos. You got any left? Onions. Oh, I've got a bunch. Oh, yeah. So much. You guys can have some. Yeah. Oh, I can. Marquez, I don't fuck with the pork. Mm. Don't fuck with the pork. You don't fuck with the pork. No, that's all good. That's all good. Crazy, all good. can eat whatever you want. I, I said, I can. I said, Marquez, don't fuck with the pork. He, he said, <laughs> y'all can have some. And I was excluding you so that I could have more. Mm. You can't have it. No, I'm kidding. Um, did you guys see this? No. Eiffel Tower caught on fire. What? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Avatar caught on fire. The Eiffel Tower. Did it really, or is that like? Oh, I thought you said Eiffel. I thought you said Avatar. No, right. Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower caught on fire. How? Tower. It's AI. Oh. People on TikTok were freaking out over it. They're fucking doing too They're much, dumb, man. Hey, you can't burn Eiffel Tower, bro. It's metal. If it got, if they <laughs> dropped that, if they dropped napalm on it, I think it would catch on fire. I think napalm. Yeah, the fire will hold, but I don't know if the metal would. Have, well, napalm is hotter than. Okay, well maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But uh, all right. So game. there was a big old AI hoax recently. A lot of people thought that the Eiffel Tower caught on fire because of uh, some TikTok shit. Um, it's fucked up. We luckily, it's AI. moving fast enough that I think maybe people are going to start to having a double check. Like, mm. imagine that in the future you have kids, right? And your kids are like, I well, TikTok's going to be dead. It'll be Bing Bong or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bing Bong. Look what I saw in Bing Bong. Santa Claus is murdering the president. <laughs> you you have be to be like, with that. damn, that looks really real. Let us figure out if it's true or not. If Santa Claus murdered the president, and then you have to like go through like what's true and what's not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be new ways of learning. And also to get into that, have you guys heard about Flesh Pit National Park? <laughs> huh? Do tell. 
So uh, flesh pit. I'm not mishearing flesh you. Pit. No, you are hearing me. In uh, in the rural areas of Texas, they have found a giant hole that is a meaty flesh pit that leads to the interior of the earth. Uh-huh. It is a living organism that you can go and visit. It used to be big in the 80s, but then uh, after a couple of mysterious deaths, people stopped going to it. Obviously, they found the butthole. They found Earth's butthole. Obviously, this is just a fucking gimmick that some dude made. He uh, he made it, and it's like uh, he made brochures for it, and it's like a fake website and shit. Some motherfuckers think it's real. So wait, can we go to it or no? Like, no, we not. Wait, is there anything that he yeah, has right. that is a thing? Like, is there? No, no it's AI generated image. It's like it's a it's oh, no, this art is, project. No, he actually like he just designed it. Like, it's not even AI generated. Okay. This dude just like he just made, made a pit and he just put meat around. No, no, there's no pit. There's it's no an, pit. He just made just brochures for a fake pit. Why? And people think because it's like an art project. That's kind of fun, right? Okay. Like I you mean, know, like we're gonna do some shit for a fake national park. We're gonna build lore around it. Like. You know, it's a fun, creative thing to do. So, how did you go visit it? It's not real. It's you not, don't, how do people? It's not how you said people died. Yeah, that's part of the lore. It's like uh, fake. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. But people think some people online think it's real. So, where are they trying? To yeah, where they're are they trying, trying to? Go? They're trying to go to. Does the me, brochure say it's a location? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, I'll tell you guys. Let me let me look yeah, up. Uh, yeah. uh, Fuck it, let's make a field trip. I feel like I'm just getting. Uh, I'm just I over just, humanity. Flesh like. Pit National Park, baby. They got their own wiki. Uh, let's see. Flesh Pit National Park is an online series created by artist Trevor Roberts. The project revolves around the fictional Mystery Flesh Pit, a national park located near the fictional town of Gumption, oh, Texas. Fiction. Oh, I thought Gumption, Texas was a real place. I'm not going to lie. That sounded like a real place. Uh, Gumption, Texas. The park itself is a massive subterranean organism of unfathomable size during the mid-1970s and was made a national park in the 80s, and it's been sudden closure in 2007 because too many people were dying in the flesh pit. Bro, that's going to be a movie soon. Mm-hmm. We're going to the old flesh pit. Here's, uh, here's some pictures so of it. sounds so gross. Flesh pit. I fleshed in the pit. What do you even do? It'd be a cool concept, I guess. I mean, yeah. If uh, but like people, some people, like if you go to TikTok, some people are like, "Have you heard about this flesh pit that exists?" And it's like, guys, are y'all? Some people, it's like with the flat Earth thing. I was there when some people were like, "Oh no, the Earth is totally flat," and they were like making, they were bullshitting, right? Oh my god! And they did that bullshit for like one year, and then the next year, motherfuckers were like. The Earth is actually flat. Let me tell you, like, yeah, someone does the joke and then someone believes it, and then like two steps later, the actual crazies come out and they're like, "The flesh pit is real, and the government doesn't want you to know about it." It's like, guys. <laughs> but you know, also, I, I don't blame them, yeah, because the government lies to us so much and hides so much from them that we kind of have we kind of have to develop this mind. I think there's things you can't lie yeah. about, yeah. like a giant pussy on the side of the planet <laughs> might be. Generally hard to cover up, and why is it always in America? How come it's never? It's all. This is the, like an like. I want to go to other countries and be like, "What conspiracies do y'all believe in?" And they'll be like, oh "Maybe God, some spiritual shit, it. right?" That'd be so cool. Instead of being like, "Well, what the government doesn't want you to know is that all the water is actually Kool Aid," and it's like, oh, "Fuck that." <laughs> I feel like I would know that, right? Like, I've had water, and they're like, that's what they want you to think. And it's like, guys, I, I, there's some things you can't hide. And if there was a giant pussy on the planet, I feel like you we might have known. Wait, but, well, there's also shit that we, like, I didn't know that there are natural sparkling springs. Huh? Sparkling yeah. water springs, like, just carbonated water coming Ooh. up under the earth. That you no, get the fuck out of here. Like, right. like the, 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 the fizzy water? Like sparkling water. Yeah, there are natural springs. You didn't know tight. this. I had no idea. I, I, I'm Bria told me, out. and I was like, shut up, man, that shit's so stupid. She was just like, look it up. And I was like, damn, I'm stupid. Where? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. In fucking Utah, even. You can go in America and find some, but they're Ooh, all over the world. That's cool. I like sparkling water. And Colorado. I'm flabbergasted. 
I am not flabbergasted because I know my own ignorance, but this is the first time I'm hearing of it. But I think it makes sense. What? Because you can no infuse. Uh, but how do you get the carbonation? But it's not infused. These are just natural springs. But, but I'm gas. saying like there's, like deep underground. Natural gas. If there is yeah, if there's enough pressure and enough like uh, gas, it can just be like infused into water, yes. and the shit bubbles up. I've seen so, boiling water coming out of the ground before, so like my concept of shit that can come out of the ground is kind of wild. Like I've seen that, so like no, I haven't heard of it, but like it is like. Yeah, well, okay, I no, I if I was Coca Cola, I would go to Utah and drop in the syrup and have it like a Coca. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like that would be an attraction. No, too late. They're already doing Pat, it. No. They're already doing it. Coca Cola's on the way. They're about to hire you. They're about to hire Pat immediately. You're about to become the true supervillain you were meant to be by turning all the Earth's water into <laughs> hey, Coca Cola. <laughs> Type twosies all around. We're all dying. Oh Melt God. the Earth from the inside. Um, you put it inside of the flesh pit, obviously. There's a, there is a huge um, system of um, like mineral water springs in Czech Republic. So mm. like that's always been you just go get around water. <laughs> well and not not where i live there's one where i live um and it's it reeks it smells like rotten eggs sulfur the the water mm. is allegedly very very healthy for you and if you like if you just don't smell it if you just cover up your nose and drink it, oh, it okay. it's delicious oh, yeah. but it just smells so bad but um in other regions there's like an actual really good water um, well here's a real thing for you Darzen Gas Crater, a.k.a. the door to hell. It's a forever fire. Is that an actual place? It's an actual place. I don't know what to believe anymore. No, this yeah, is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a real place. You said forever fire, so it's always burning? Yeah. So how, but how do you contain it? It's just lava? Is it just a uh, No, it's just... Hold on, where is this at real quick? Volcano? It is in uh, Turkmenistan. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah that makes sense. So did, did never, the fire never gets out of that containment? So? No, it's, in a, it's just in a crater. Also known as the door to hell, or officially wow. the... Uh, is a burning natural gas field um, collapsed into a cavern. Hmm. So it's natural gas field. It's burning. It's collapsed into a cavern. And it's just there. It just can't cool come out. It's just on well, fire. What's the gas? Is it too heavy? Is it heavier than air then? Or was that like... I don't know. There's got to be a reason. So why does it not... Like, like wildfire spreads. Why is this not spreading? Uh, how the crater was formed is unknown, but engineers ignited the crater to prevent poisonous gas from spreading. Ah, so there was a crater uh, full of people kept going by the crater and dying probably. And someone was like, let's just set that shit on let's fire. Let's blow that shit up. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I don't know how. Cool. I will check it out. Though. But yeah, it exists. It's in Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan. Where's that at? Somewhere on the planet. Let's find out where Turkmenistan is, guys. Anyone, anybody want to show their feet? What? I don't know. Someone asked it's in Asia. Feet. Uh, Turkmenistan, it's next to Kazakhstan, it's next to Uzbekistan, and that's it. What's I think they also oh, Iran. Iran, Russia. Afghanistan, oh. Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan. They also compete in Coke Peru. It's the only thing I know about that place. Hmm. How do you know that? Uh, I was watching Coke Peru matches, and right. it's pretty crazy shit. Speaking Moral of the story is, there's weird shit that exists on the planet that we can't, you know, they're not hiding the gate to hell. You can just go see it. All right, what's up? Speaking of true and false. Yeah. Um... Did you guys hear about the uh, AI-generated images of Taylor Swift? Well, no, what? what you oh, mean? God. Apparently, someone made, like, porn, like, fake porn with Taylor Swift in it. Oh. And people are sharing it, like, by millions. And uh, it's getting, like, millions of likes, like, every time it pops up somewhere. She's, like, she keeps trying to, like, take it down. Mm. So people have been talking about it because technically... It's revenge porn. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like non-consensual. Mm. Um, you know, like people are taking her likeness and jerk off to it. Like, yeah. yeah. It's fucking gross. <laughs> to be fair, Kanye West did it to her first. 
Yeah. In that music video? Yeah. I made that bitch famous. Mm. Anyway, um, that's what people have been talking about, whether it's like okay to do or not. I had no idea that so, was a thing. I mean, it's obviously not okay to do, but like, how do you stop? Yeah. Well, you until there's a law about it, you really can't. There's no one to enforce it. There's nothing to be done about it. When someone wants to make a super legit AI video of you doing something awful, they just can't. Can't was, really um, do anything about so it. So do you th- do you think um, if let uh, maybe she's on a big scale, so this probably won't work for her. Uh-huh. But somebody on a smaller scale, uh-huh. let's say they found an AI porn of themselves. Uh-huh. Do you think it's best to just leave it alone? Because if you draw attention to it, then it's obviously going to get. Than it's getting bigger already, though. She didn't yeah. draw attention to it at all. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, well, you said if it happens to a smaller person. She, like, uh, she's yeah, on a yeah. different like scale where... Uh, probably, you know, I guess, like, just ignore well, it. Actually, you know what? So I uh, I listen to this podcast called Darknet Diaries, which is basically nice. a... It's just a, a peek into cybercrime throughout the world and shit that's hmm. been going on. So there's this girl who, uh, in high school, somebody put uh, like nude pictures of her up on um, Kick. Uh-huh. Or yeah, 4chan first and then came. Yeah. And basically this person went on harassing her for I I'll go with like ten years to the point where she's been trying to deal with it, her and her sister, because he has a twin sister, she's been dealing with it, and then they find out who the person is and this, that, the other. But through those ten years they'd gone to the police and everyone they could and it was always there's no law against this. That's there's nothing stupid. we can do. Like I get that that picture's up there, but there's nothing we can do about it. To the point where she couldn't even get it taken down because the websites don't have laws or regulations. Yeah. Places. See, so, and I feel like AI is hella unregulated. And I, the reason, for, and this is my conspiracy theory. I think uh-huh. the reason why the government is not regulating it because they're using it to their advantage of doing some stupid shit. Like there's, I've been seeing. I'm not saying this is the government doing it, but I feel like it's the government doing. They talking about like YouTube videos that you see, like the commercials, like you, you know, the government's like didn't tell you about the money that you you missing, and like Steve Harvey telling you could go find this money, or some other celebrity telling you could go find this money this way. Like I feel like the government uses it, so that's why they can't. They don't want to regulate it because like they do it for evil shit. I mean, they also use nukes and they regulate those, so I think they could just regulate it and still use yeah. it if nefariously. Yeah, hmm. I get what you're saying, but you know they they use state violence and they regulate violence. Hey, let's talk about something slightly less controversial: Pokemon with guns. Power World. Oh <laughs> Who's playing Power World? I haven't played it yet. Um, I did hear that there's a dude who already did a mod to where he made it all Pokemon and. <laughs> are now suing that guy yeah like nintendo is aware um pat played power world on mine for a little bit and he hated it pat tell us why you hated it and marquette can tell us why she hated it um i hated it because it's like i need objectives there are objectives or i need competition there's a little corner there with objectives you just didn't read them but see make the game simple you're targeting kids Make, I don't think they're targeting kids. Man, they that. got Pokemon. Come on. That's, oh, that's targeting kids. It's not Pokemon. It's pals. Uh, pals. They look like Pokemon. <laughs> like you, got, you got dire wolves. I mean, dire kids ain't stupid either, though. They can play Breath of the Wild, which isn't a game that holds your hand. I don't know. I, I just wish they would have more prompts, like just selling your head, like, you know, like a little paper clip on Microsoft Word. They have <laughs> In the upper say, right-hand corner. You. Oh, I didn't see it. Well, it, and also, it like, there's like too many goddamn me. controls. I got to press F and then one, two, three. Oh, get a controller. My idea. I, had to, I was playing on his. Yeah, yeah. I got a controller here now, but yeah, I play with a controller on everything. And but yeah, it was just too many controls, and like, it was just boring. Like I, I just walked around, and I just trying to kill things. But then Spencer said I couldn't kill those things because they were your things. Yeah, there's plenty oh, of things in the world to kill. Base? Yeah, he's on my base. Did you leave the base? I was thought I was leaving the base. But he was 
hungry to death, and then he stepped in my fire pit and killed me. <laughs> <laughs> and but, when, you, but, when you die, you lose all your shit, right, dude? You, yeah, but he yeah, died yeah. on my base, so I just woke up but, next to but it. I built him, I built, I did build him a, uh, a repair bench so he could repair himself. Nice. It's my second repair bench. Thank you very much. Marquetta, <laughs> why do you not like the game? Marquetta said she hated it. She Was played it, on stream with me on Tuesday. Because of slavery? I did not hate it, but... I think I am not a fan of inventory management. Mm. I would like to max out and the game to tell me when I can't carry any more items so I can decide what to throw away instead of constantly collecting stuff and mining and just doing my thing for five <laughs> minutes and then I can't move because I'm too heavy <laughs> and I need to toss shit away because <laughs> I spent five minutes mining and now i can't take it with me i was well, trying to tell you that's why you gotta tame tame some pals yeah man that's what i was trying to tell you and then you no. let them held the See, way no that's i just i just want to be like i want the game to tell me okay now you you need to stop because you need other, other pals so instead of wasting your fucking time mining this fucking rock go get some pals so they can carry your rocks for you and they didn't tell me that so i just wasted my time and then i walk around and i find a gun and i can't pick it up I can't pick up. Why is the gun there if I can't pick it up? Because you're too heavy. <laughs> no, you're also aren't at the level heavy, where you can use guns like, yet. You need to make your gun. It's just telling you that there's a chance you can get a gun. That's hilarious. Like, ah! <laughs> Don't Brack put it in yeah. front of me if I can pick it up. It anyway. is. It is like Ark Brack. There, you're absolutely right. I love Dark. Yeah, that's my kind of game. I, I'm I'm into it too, but I also feel like I'm gonna get to level 15 and I'm gonna stop playing it forever. That's my plan, at least. I'd like to just go hunting and build a pack of something. Yeah, I got one base. I'm at the point now where I'll be able to dismantle and move my bases. And once I can do that, like I've gotten to the part of the game where there are pals beyond my level and they keep beating me. So nice. I can't fight them. So I have to level up. And so I'm just about to go on a fighting spree. I beat my first tower already. I'm enjoying it. I got a base. I got people in my guild. Here's where I do think the game sucks at. There's some glitches still. It's still an early uh, rea uh, early development. Mm -hmm. There's uh, some glitches still that kind of suck. And then also when you join someone's server, you don't come with your own oh level. Oh, my God. When you join someone's server, you're, like, starting the game again from scratch. So, like, last night I joined Eli's server, and I was, like, at level one. And I was like, well, that's dumb. Yeah, I'm no. at level fucking um, 18 of mine. Yeah. You can't save your dude and carry him over? For whatever reason, you can't. They're going to have to fix yet. that because yeah. it's like that's, like, old yeah, game shit. That's that, dumb. Yeah. And once they get that fixed, then yeah, I'll be interested. Because right now, when people join my server, I'm just giving them everything they need off top. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I can give you pals. I can give you weapons, clothes, whatever you need. I got, like, my guys are mining wood and rock for me around the clock. I got guys making arrows for me. I got guys making pal balls for me. Nice. I, I'm running a sweatshop. And fun fact, <laughs> I caught a human. And now he patrols my sweatshop for me. Sometimes he sucks, you but I caught him. Caught a, a human? You can catch humans, and then you can put them to work on your base. And there's a word for that, and I think it's either uh, slavery is the word <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for. I don't pay him shit. You he lives what? in a computer, and then I take him out, and I'm like, work for me, bitch. <laughs> there's a, there was this like random white dude I know who put up a message just like, oh, man, this game's going to come with so many annotations of slavery and blah, blah. I was like, well, why would you say that? And it is really fucking happening. Like, everyone's yeah. looking at this game and playing it like this is just slavery. It is. Yeah. And honestly, I feel kind of bad. Like, my little guys are running around with smiles on their faces, but they work around the clock. They have a sanity bar. The more they work, the lower their sanity gets. So that I, I built a little. So they need to work more to be sane. No, they uh, need they to work less. Oh, okay. So, but I built them hot tubs so they can take little breaks. And so now they take breaks in the hot tubs, oh. and it revitalizes their sanity. And it's like, yo, only thing these motherfuckers live to work, bro. They wake up. 
when the sun comes up and they work and then when the sun goes down they go to sleep and then they pop up and do it all over again i leave for hours and then come back and they're like you've got five thousand woods and i'm like so much wood i don't even need this much wood i've been telling them to stop making me wood because i got too much fucking wood bro they're just doing shit and it's like it's fun and all but also like what hellscape do these animals live in (laughs) also you can butcher them and the only ones you can butcher are ones that you already caught so you can't butcher wild ones and turn them into meat so when you kill them the wild ones their corpses stay around and they'll uh, they'll despawn eventually but like if you kill a bunch of chickens next to your spot there's just a bunch of bodies Hmm. and you can't use the hatchet to butcher them to turn them into meat fully because you get more meat when you do that. You'd have to catch them and make them your own, and then you can butcher them. Hey, that smoked up. No, that hey. makes sense, because if you were just running around and then you come to my base and start hacking up my shit, that's kind of fucked up. This, yeah. this game reminds me that the game that you guys played back in the day a lot was Animal House or Animal something. Animal Farm? Animal Farm, and now that game's gone. <laughs> like, Sorry, not Animal Farm. It was uh, Animal Crossing. Animal yeah. Crossing, yeah. Mark yeah. just still plays occasionally. Real? Yeah. Oh. There is no such semblance to this game in Animal Crossing. That's not. It's just no. like you build your own farm and you get, you know, you do no. stuff and you bring animals over. You're, no. It's like Harvest Moon. No, yeah, no one's have, working for free. I have citizens in my village on oh, my shit. island. Okay. Um, they have, no. Oh, no. Animal, animal Crossing. Crossing. <laughs> they have rights. <laughs> they have rights. <laughs> they can leave when they want to. They can go on trips. There's a ship. There's an airport. They can, they can they're free to move. <laughs> they don't have to work. They don't have to do shit. In fact, I'm the one managing the island and doing all the work. <laughs> My pals are not free. They are. You said hardworking. One day, maybe I'll let them go and break the chains of servitude, but also the more they work, the stronger they get, so I can use them to go dog fight other pals. Do you let any of them in the house? Oh, no, I barely have a house. I just have a place to go to sleep. It's just like a roof with a bed. That's hilarious. But I do have one I can fly on. I got a wolf that I can ride on, and I go riding around the countryside bringing death to other small animals. Is there one big enough to build a base on top of? No, but that would be pretty cool. I do have a fire dragon that I'm going to build a harness for in a bin, and I'll fly him around. Anyway, let's talk about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure everyone here has heard of Skillshare before, but just in case you haven't, Skillshare is an online learning community where you can learn a ton of new skills. I used it in the past to hone my film photography skills, which are sick now. Specifically, I checked out the class taught by Kyle McDougal. So if you want to learn a new skill or if you're interested in improving an old skill, head over to Skillshare.com and use promo annual30AFF for thirty percent off. Hey, hey! Before we talk about the movie fully, let me give you some fun facts. Fun facts. Uh, but while we're getting to those fun facts, Marquetto, <clears throat> what made you want to write your dissertation on Malcolm X? <laughs> and when you were writing that, had you already lived in America or were you living abroad? Uh, when I decided for the topic of my thesis, mm-hmm. I was—I've never been to the U.S. before. And I, but I lived in Turkey prior to that. Uh, I was acutely aware of uh, the Islamophobia in my country. And uh, I was looking for uh, some kind of uh, example of, uh, I guess, misrepresentation in history that could illustrate uh, some of the points that I was feeling were happening and Malcolm X came across and I had no idea about him at that point so I started learning and reading and I was like yeah that's the guy I'm gonna write about him hmm. that's interesting mm-hmm. absolutely wild all right yeah, here's so, been here. uh, was it you just like was it for school you wrote or just like for a publication no it was my my uh, masters oh, oh masters okay yeah in education yes Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. 
All right, I'm it's looking. It's written in English, you know. I just can check it out. Like, <laughs> it's there, you know. Written in English, you say? Yes. Let's Google it. Uh, first off, <laughs> in 1968, Worth uh, commissioned a screenplay from the novelist James Baldwin, who was later joined by Arnold Perel, uh, a screenwriter who had been a victim of McCarthyism and blacklisting. So, uh, James Baldwin, famous um, activist, also gay, black dude from back in the day. Uh, did the screen, did the first uh, one of the, they got the screenplay from a novel that he had worked on, which is crazy because like um, they even show some of him in the movie. Uh, the movie wasn't going to be able to get made the way that Spike wanted to make it. They were going to hold back some money and uh, hold on, I want to read the name specifically. Alright, so the movie was $28 million. Spike was like, I'm going to need $33 million. And they were like, no. So he contributed $2 million of his $3 million salary. He got paid $3 million to make this. He contributed $2 million from his $3 million salary towards the budget. And then the film was saved by financial interventions of prominent black Americans, such as Bill Cosby, Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan, Magic Jackson, Janet Jackson, Damn. my bad, Magic Johnson, Janet Jackson, Prince, and Tracy Chapman. Damn, he's just <laughs> Studs. Bro, so like, <laughs> motherfuckers was like, okay, yeah, we're gonna get this movie made. How much money? Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We're gonna get it made. Denzel yeah. had played uh, Malcolm X in a play before this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was a Spike Lee movie. Yeah. Yes. So like, um, you said like, like he sets the budget, right? So like, why, like, why he did doesn't he have, set the budget? Uh, why did he have to go ask for money? Because like, that's like, this is his, his company. This is his. He didn't. So uh, the production company is who you sets the budget. They talk with the director about like what you need, and Spike Lee was like, "I need this much." And the production. Also, oh, it's was a like, production company and a director is two different, and mm-hmm. they're not. Uh, they're sorry, not, not the production company distributed by Warner Brothers. The production company was Forty Acres and a Mule, which I'm pretty sure is Spike Lee's company. So they Warner don't, Brothers is who uh, is giving that. Yeah, like just because you got to get the financial backings for a movie from somewhere else. Like some people fund movies themselves, but they don't. It's like an investment, right? You know what I mean? And or like a. When you're taking out, if you're going to start a business and you're going to take out a loan, sure, you can use your own money, but, but don't rich folks always say, like, use somebody else's yeah. money and pay them back. So, same deal. He okay. contributed some. The budget ended up being $35 million and the box office raked in 73 Nice. So, they made money. Good shit. As a successful movie. Yeah, over double. Um, Denzel's Washington's Kid is in this movie, too. What? Somewhere. I didn't even see it. Because he's a kid. Yeah, I was about to say, I was wondering. He's an actual child. I think uh, those kids at the end of the movie, they're all standing up saying, I am Malcolm X. I think it's one of them. Uh, I saw it on, like, the casting list and was like, oh, shit. And I couldn't figure out who it was. Maybe a little Malcolm from the flashbacks. Maybe. Could be. But I thought it said, I thought it said classroom student. Oh. Um... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, it, says, it, could have been, it could have been the little Malcolm, like, in the classroom. Washington's... He had the conversation with the teacher? Could be. Washington's then eight-year-old son, John David Washington, appears as a Harlem Elementary School student. John David Washington will later go on to be in another Spike Lee movie, Black Klansman. Yeah. So, Spike Lee's been working with these motherfuckers the whole Black family. Black was a Spike Lee movie? Yeah, yeah, we've been doing Spike Lee movies all this month. I thought that was uh, that one guy who does all the big-time movies. Peel. No, 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 no. Uh, fuck. Clint Eastwood. Tarantino? Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Tarantino. No. But oh. yes, it was Spike Lee. We've been doing Spike Lee all this month. That's been the theme for the month. Oh, Spike Lee shit. movies. Anyway. <laughs> That's uh, let's talk about the movie and then we'll talk about the characters. Um, okay. But yeah, that's it, man. It just the, the movie's crazy. It was really big. Um, yeah. What? Oh, also, 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 also. Nelson Mandela's in the end of the movie. Yeah, I was, I was like, what? And I just want to bring up this real quick. I completely forgot about that. You yeah. motherfuckers be, and by you motherfuckers, I mean out there in the wider world, be talking about the, the Mandela effect. Y'all don't know history. 
<laughs> like, how come the Mandala effect's never like, oh, the sky's purple. It's always been purple. It's always some obscure history thing. Like, I think Nelson Mandela died in 2015. Why? You don't fucking know. You, you, come on, man. It's always, come on. Bernstein, Bernstein, sure. It's a, it's a fucking typo, maybe. I don't know. But it's always, it's always something innocuous. <laughs> what color is C-3PO's leg? <laughs> I don't know. They remade those movies a hundred times. I don't fucking, why is it just never, have you guys noticed that grass is green when it's always been bright blue? Like, it's never something crazy right it's always fucking something that sure i got history wrong once because i wasn't paying attention to the news or i read something that someone wrote wrong that's all nelson mandela's in the movie that's the mandela effect for you all right what'd you guys think about the movie i um for a three hour long movie i I streamed it and i i i was hooked like uh, there was never a time like all right when is this movie gonna end like i never lost interest so I thought the pacing was really, really good. I think the reason why I was kind of like really into it was I didn't know I didn't know much about Malcolm X originally. Mm-hmm. Um, my Malcolm X uh, knowledge was whatever the public school system taught me. What did they tell you? Um, so and this, which is cool because my my opinion of Malcolm X changed a lot. Uh-huh. So the school system, like what I was taught, was like your other civil rights leaders, like MLK. Uh-huh. They highlighted him more and they like put him in a better light. Mm-hmm. And they didn't highlight Malcolm X the way they highlighted MLK. They highlighted him as more of a radicals, the guy who started the Black Panther movement, like the behind it. And what? Who? No, am I wrong? Who, who the started Black, the Black Panther movement? Malcolm X? No. No. Oh. No. Maybe I can see I got my facts wrong. But, <laughs> he, he, but he was more of like a radical person. And he, they, it was like we don't spend, we didn't spend much time from him. And it was more of like he did not, he wanted, with MLK, it was more about peaceful protesting. Mm-hmm. And with him, it was more about, you know, violence. And um, that's what, you know. Spidey, did you get that I'm same triggered. thing in school? Um. So Sort of, but we also had an African American studies class. So, like, we're talking elementary school here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm or going, junior I'm high, I guess. I mean, so like, I'm okay. my my like, mine was from like elementary to middle school. Like middle school it was always the same teaching about. Like, okay, okay, okay. It was because I, really, I got a lot of the same in school. Like for me, like, unfortunately, and I, it's embarrassing, but the truth is, like, I didn't dive more into Malcolm X until Marquette was like, I wrote a thesis about Malcolm yeah. X, and I was like, oh well. I I really did not this. know like I really did not know like his upbringing at all like how yeah. fucked up his upbringing was I didn't know that you know his uh, mother was raped by somebody I, like the, the stuff that didn't learn it was mainly about hey focus on MLK because mm-hmm. he's nonviolent yeah nonviolent yeah. and we want you to if you're going to be an activist when you grow up to also be nonviolent yeah, yeah. so fun fact Malcolm X was nonviolent, non-violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was nonviolent what. Um, it was it was really just to watch that and seeing the upbringing was kind of like and then for him to still deal with it was like not changed was kind of fucked up. Um, but I really the biggest scene that stood out to me the most and it was really the most impactful scene for me was when he was in prison. And uh, can I can I talk about this or are you trying to do like a? Oh no, I just want to, we're, we're, we'll go through. How about in a bit we'll talk about specific scenes? But I just wanted to get your overall view of okay. the movie. Overall view, loved it. I learned a lot more about Michael Max as a person, and Loki. For at at one point throughout the movie, I was really considering converting to. <laughs> um, they got you. I was really considering converting. Like man, this is what the world needs. Mm. Um. But then when I see Elijah Muhammad, what he did with the 
did te- teach you. And I was like, okay, well, this is like with every religion. I mean, so yeah, like, that's everywhere. Yeah. Spidey, yeah. what about you? Um, Your vibe on the movie, just a general. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely love the movie. Um, the movie was good. It is. It gives a lot of like insight to Malcolm X because yeah, I didn't know um, a ton. I feel like we, like in African-American studies, we definitely touched on Malcolm X and um, MLK, but then we got more into actually like Black Panthers and Bloods and Crips, mm-hmm. like Tukey and fucking Huey and all that jazz. <laughs> and, fucking um, Fred Hampton, baby. Dude, yeah, it was it was wild. So um, watching this was a lot of fun. I remember watching it as a kid and not even knowing what the fuck I was watching. I just thought zoot suits were cool and, <laughs> <laughs> and someone's going to get shot in the movie. So. Yeah. I always wanted to wear zoot suits uh, at prom. I remember that super bad. Like I, I, I had some. There was one like when you were picking out your prom outfit, and zoot suit was one, and I never got to. I only went to two proms. But we really need to bring to. that shit back because I would spend money on some dope ass zoot suits with the fucking hat. So I just feather. feel like you're gonna look like the mask. Probably get a vintage shoes, bro. The shoes were matching the whole thing, bro. That's how you. You can probably get vintage. Uh, zoot suit somewhere. I'm gonna look up zoot suits while Marquetta tells uh, us her opinion oh, of the movie. I just, I, I would say, you know, don't learn your history and facts from TV except for this movie, because <laughs> this movie was actually like really well done in terms of historical accuracy, and um, I think you know it, it takes three hours, but it's definitely worth every second, and I agree with Pat that the pacing was really good. We did, me and Chris were watching it like kind of late, so we were getting a little tired towards the end, but I think, I, in my opinion, the ending is the best part when he goes to, um, when he goes to the, uh, <clears throat> to the pilgrimage. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's being followed by the CIA agents. <laughs> Very obvious. The only white people, well, not yeah. the only white people there, but yeah. Hey, yeah. six foot tall white dude with that Bowflex camera over there. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed Denzel's performance because even even as he was like um, changing his appearance he was changing his demeanor his facial expressions like there was more like there was a lot of tension when he was in like when he was young and when he was like in the nation of Islam he was like really angry and he just like his like his his forehead was always like tent up tense you know Mm -hmm. and then when like towards the end he was like really calm like yeah he was under a lot of stress they were trying to kill him constantly but it seemed like he was like kind of more at peace mm-hmm. and he smiles right before yeah. they shoot him yeah because yeah. he talked about being a martyr and that he felt like the, the martyr was he's at the time for the martyrs now yeah. Yeah. yeah so i think i overall mostly mainly enjoyed denzel washington's performance denzel that. this that and was angela brings it every single fucking time too yeah. mm-hmm. that was yeah. peak denzel for sure um I I haven't seen older Denzel movies. Like I think like the oldest Denzel. This was ninety two. Nineteen ninety two, right? Movie yeah, ninety two. Yeah. So like I think the uh the la- like the oldest Denzel movie I know of is like when he starts becoming more of an action star, like Inside Man, Pelican Brief. Okay, those are like I think two thousand six. Yeah, those are all like in the two thousands. This might be the oldest yeah, one you've seen. Before this, I'm pretty sure he did Glory with Morgan Freeman. It's uh they're in the Civil War. I barely remember that fucking movie, but yeah, this is like. He was in a play before this where he was Malcolm X, and I think that that's where the idea came from, that he could do this. And, yeah, him absolutely carries the fucking film, does great. Spike Lee, always in his own fucking movies, uh, isn't a very... Uh, I feel like when sometimes when directors are in their movies, they can be obnoxious. Mm-hmm. He wasn't super obnoxious no. at all. Like He kind of played a decent enough bit part where it was like just supporting role. Angela Bassett absolutely holding it the fuck down in the few scenes she's in because she's not in a ton, but, yeah. 
I did want to say something about his acting though. Like uh-huh. when he was in the um, when he did the pilgrimage, yeah, and like he was in the um, when he was saying those uh, the prayers, he, the cadence that he used and able to like say a different word in a different language, the, with the perfect pronunciation, the cadence. Like that just shows off your acting skills right there. Like I was yeah. like, I was like, bro, like, cause he even had the like the mannerism down. Yeah, and I was like, that's. Just- uh, I mean, I think it's also good on the production team of this movie to probably consult like actual Muslims. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to, because there's a lot of atrocious portrayals of like a, a Muslim prayer on t- in TV. Yeah. yeah. It's like really bad and co- like comically bad. And this is like actually like they took they did their homework. It's like every time I read, every time I hear in a movie like Czech speaks Czech, but it's like no, it's gibberish. Um, like what the fuck is this? Like, there's so many Czech people living in America. You could consult. That takes too much time. This is, that was funny uh, to bring uh, that up because like in just in that pilgrimage, like, I remember he was in the market looking for food, uh-huh. and I remember like just the background people kind of kind of means you want to eat, you want to eat. I was like, oh my god, they actually got that shit right. Um, so we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about my take on the movie. Then we're going to talk each about our specific favorite scenes. Cause it's a three hour long movie. And then we'll talk about the character of Malcolm X and Denzel favorite and all that. Scene. But, um, so my take, I thought the movie's really good. I think, uh, he was going for Spike Lee was going for like one of those old, big Hollywood epics. Cause it's three hours long. Like it's not a blockbuster. It's a must see, but it's like, it was like an epic, you know what I mean? Like, um, Compared to some like some of the older Hollywood films like uh like I don't know like fucking Casablanca or like Ben Hur like one of those big ass movies that like everyone had seen and I'm glad that the movie made its money back and I think if it came out today it would also still make its money back and it would even it'd probably be more like like I guess the most recent biopic we've seen is Oppenheimer and like I really like the way that that was done and and this I feel like was one of the older ways that people did biopics where it was like biopics, biopics where they, uh, mm. like it's just kind of like someone's life from start to finish, right? Which is a good way to do it, but I, I like the more modern version where it's like, let's focus, hyper-focus on an important portion of someone's life, right? You know what I mean? Like in Oppenheimer, we didn't need his birth to his death, but also for Malcolm X, all of that really shaped who he is. Mm-hmm. So it is, you need that in context. And anyway, I like that. Uh, I also want to do a triple feature one night where I watch Malcolm X and then the Muhammad Ali movie and then we watch One Night in Miami because <laughs> they're all because One Night in Miami is uh, this time that Malcolm X Martin, uh, Malcolm X Muhammad Ali Sam Cooke and uh, Marvin Gaye no 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 the football player Joe Brown James Brown um, uh, god damn it I can't remember his name Joe Brown Joe, he was an actor after that I, I think so Joe, Joe Brown, Brown. Or Joe Brown James yeah Joe Brown Joe Brown and James, either or, they all four of them were in Miami this one night at the same time. And so this movie is a movie uh, directed by Regina King. Regina King, and yeah. it's about all of them being in Miami at the same time. They said Jim Brown. Jim, Jim Brown. Brown. Jim Brown, and about uh, all of them being in Miami at the same time, and like maybe the conversations they had, like they could have all hung out because they all knew each other, and they were all in Miami at the same point in time. So I think it'd be cool to watch all three of those movies because they would kind of line them up. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. But I thought the movie was good. I see it more as because I know a lot of people who've been to jail and there is indoctrination that happens to people in jail through not just religions, but also like gangs. And like when you are at your lowest, it's one of those moments when you can be uh, brought into something. And I personally see the movie and maybe his life as like him 
reacting to his situation and being one of the smartest people in the room, but also being used by people. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, he's trying to be his own man and like his vices are taking control of him. Cool. Then uh, East Indian Archie starts using this man. Also, the one part where he's like East Indian Archie could have been a fucking math genius. He damn well could have been. He's like, I never wrote a number down in my life. And it's like, okay, you're a magician. I'm sorry, <laughs> bro. I'm not running numbers for you and not right. writing them down. Right. You better get all the way the fuck out of here. People can't do that. You are a unique individual. So I ain't never written a number and down in my life. It. It's like, bro. <laughs> and he tried his ass. It's just like, bro, I mean, you know what? I had it two one. Right. So, um, but like, I, I, so he used them and then he ends up in jail. And then when uh, the Nation of Islam is like, oh, yeah, we can use you. We were seeking you out after you're in solitary confinement. And then they're like, and then he's doing a really good job. And then once he does his pilgrimage, which I also think that like, just like astronauts see the world as a whole and they're placing the world differently when they see the world from space. I think you see America differently when you go to other countries mm-hmm. that cause like we, there's a lot of things in America that we believe and a lot of our own hype that we believe. And I think, and I know everyone doesn't have the ability to do it, but traveling outside of America changes your fucking perspective on America. Some people will leave and they'll be like, I love America so much and I can't believe this. But I think if you actually try, if you don't leave your Americanness at the door and try another culture, try to be immersed in something different for a while, you can see a lot of the issues that we have and retroactively be able to figure some shit out. And I felt like when he started becoming his own person mm-hmm. and started moving in his own lane and stopped being used by other people or being useful for other people, that's when he became the most dangerous and that's when he fucking died. And like, yeah, Nation Islam pulled the trigger, but like the FBI's got everything fucking tapped, and they're like, "Well, you know, people are we'll just let shit happen, or we'll make sure the gates are open. We can make sure things happen the way it happens, because no one trusts the fucking FBI." And mm-hmm. one of the ways the FBI has said on paper, on tape, on what the fuck ever, the way they operate is if there is a group that they deem dangerous, they don't infiltrate that group with plans of taking over that group. Mm -hmm. They infiltrate that group with plans of making sure that the leadership is people that are more agreeable to what the FBI wants. They don't have to say, hey, leader, do this. They just have to get in a group and make sure the people that they don't want to rise to the top don't. Like They sabotage it from the inside. They make you think that you're winning at the game. If the people that talk shit about America were as dangerous as they thought they were, they'd already be dead. You know what I mean? Like the people that live in America that are like, I'm saying the things no one wants me to say. If that was the case, you wouldn't be able to say it. Like we keep pretending like our country isn't about some fucking dog ass shit when they want to be. And they are. Absolutely. So like if you can get on your giant platform and say the things that people don't want you to say, you, you, it's fine. Like that's it. That's fine. So I I really like the movie. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's long as shit, but it's good. It was probably my third time seeing it. First time seeing it in maybe the last 20 years. Damn. Yeah, first time seeing it as an adult. Yeah, yeah, I watched it as a kid, and again, I was, I was like, "Zoot suits are great." <laughs> I remember the perm scene and him getting shot at the end, which in my head, I, I also get that one. Doing that. Yeah, I get that mixed in with the uh, the one from Ali, because he also that? gets shot in Ali. Oh my god, I was just having that same because like me and Bree were talking about. It, I was like, I think I'm confusing Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali based on like just the facts of their lives. And I, I <laughs> into one fucking person, and it was yeah. it was killing me until Muhammad I watched Ali the movie. didn't get shot, Mm-mm. but. He had to return all of his fucking belts. Yup. Nope. You didn't go find that fucking war neither, man. And like, I, I, I appreciate a lot of that. So, uh, favorite scene. What's what? What are what are some pivotal scenes? Uh, one of your favorite scenes in the movie that you think spoke a lot. For me, um, well, I kind of had two sp- scenes. One scene that was more relatable, and the other scene that spoke to me a lot. The the scene that was relatable to me was 
um, when he was taking a shower and brother uh, the guy was, uh, was Bane. His, Banks Banks came Banes. Banes came and talked to him uh, while he was taking a shower and he put stuff in his hair he was putting a perm perm, perm. yeah that's to make conk. him conk I, I never knew that people would put conk in their hair to make yeah. it flat and so they could look more white make it straight make it straight um, and I that that resonated with me because when I first came to the states, um, when I, I got bullied a lot because you know I was like the only brown person in like in Carmel. Uh-huh. Um, so like they, I remember uh, when I was little, like you know those little kindergarten paints that you get, like little uh, circular paints that yeah, have yeah, all yeah. different colors. So I would take the white one and just like you know do all that before I was I was going to school one day. So I was like trying to put all white on my hands and stuff. My mom just gets That's mad. So sad. Mm-hmm. My mom just gets mad at me and just whatever. So she. You know, whatever. Um, but anyway, so I, I remember though, like people that's like to assimilate that you have to do things to assimilate. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're not going to assimilate, especially if you're like really different. And assimilation is, I mean, like, I think if, a lot of cultures want to do, but it's not like it's not ideal. Yeah, I think. it's like and if you don't assimilate, then you're the outside person. No one's like you know, shit's going to happen to you. Um, so that spoke to me because I didn't know that. Even black people were trying to assimilate with white people like that. I, I never knew that. Um, well, you got to think about like back in the day and even still today, like having your natural hair at work can be considered like unprofessional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there are probably places where if Spidey tried to get a job right now, it would be like, oh, uh, you're going to have to have a more professional hairstyle. What's yeah. unprofessional I, and, and about in his the, hair? In the time I've had my locks, I have seen things change. To, and it was the same thing like tattoos and dreadlocks. You cannot get a job, basically. Yeah. And now it's like, Everyone's got fucking tattoos and locks. Uh, it's it's great now, but yeah, that was definitely a thing. I remember putting S curl in my hair and shit, and yeah. little stuff to permit just to get like wavier waves and straighter hair and type shit, and wanting to frost my tips. Not even know what the fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, dumb. <laughs> and a lot with like names too. Like there'd be like, oh, you can't give your kids some ghetto ass name because they're never gonna get a fucking job. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, fuck that. Like we get to deem what our fucking names are and mm-hmm. what they're going to be and like you shouldn't be based off of that, right? They're like, what, you're going to, you know, Dr. Zenobia? Yeah, be fucking Dr. Zenobia, bitch. Yeah. Can well, be. Man, if you Shout can pronounce it. Zenobia. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably like also like another thing to assimilate was I changed changed my name for Petit to Patrick during like the school just to assimilate better. Um, but like just, I never noticed other cultures that had to do that. So that was kind of, like that was very relatable. Um, and then also the scene that spoke to me the most was when Brother Baines was praying and getting down on his knees, and then uh, Malcolm X was having a tough time to get on his knees uh-huh. um, because you know he had so like for him there were so like the past was burdening him for him to get on his knees. He had the ego of him to get on his knees, um, and even like for him was like he is like he. He had he had control issues. Like he didn't want to give anyone control over him. Like in jail, he didn't want to give up his name. Like uh, the number. Sorry, he didn't yeah. want to give up his number because like it was controlling. It was a control issue. So like problem with authority. Problem with authority. Yeah. So for him to, that was the most difficult thing for him to do, and for him to succumb to it, that just showed like anyone like as for where he was, you could you could change if you really wanted it to change. So that yeah. was really impactful. Okay. Spidey, what about you? Damn, for me, it was a little goofier. It was the, <laughs> the scene where him and, uh, I forget Spike Lee's character. Shorty. Him and Shorty are trying to conk the hair and there's no water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, because yes. That like, shit's iconic. That yes. shit, it does start to burn and you have to wash it out immediately. Like, this, what does it burn feel like? 
Oh, it's a chemical burn. Yeah, a chemical burn right on your scalp. Uh, Everything starts heating up and it's itchy and hot at the same time. And you want to scratch it, but if you do, like once it's on your hands, you you'll get it anywhere else. Uh, Like it's yeah, it's it's hot peppers, bro. Don't do it, not at all. Um, I had a little tiny perm once, so I know. Back in junior high, boy, when I had braids, that was the shit. Right, I was trying to get my little S curl on too, man. I had the little box and everything. S curl kids, bro. Yeah, that uh, that was it. That was the one for me. Yeah. As far as it being fun. Um, the ending where he gets shot was actually a big one for me, too. Gene Carlos Esposito pulls the trigger. It, I constantly am wondering. Like, when I, I remember being younger and not knowing what they meant when they kept on yelling, get your hand out of my pocket. And then being older and looking at it's it like, diversion. oh. Yeah, right? It's a setup, too. Like, oh, yeah, I want to do it at one. Like, I want to do the precursor. I want to really want to, like, it was like, oh, man. like. <sighs> well, the first dude, he says it when he's at, before, like, before there is even the hand of him being shot, it happens one time mm-hmm. before, before where he's somewhere, yeah. and it I think it, it was the dude from the Nation of Islam mm-hmm. that basically they've been getting mad because they feel like he's taking money from mm-hmm. them by mm-hmm. getting people to basically follow him instead of their actual belief, which is what I thought. Get your hand out of my pocket. No, oh, okay. What? I didn't take it that. I thought he was like priming the crowd to just being like, "Oh, something's always happening there." Because when he says it at the end, he also pulls out a fucking smoke bomb. Yeah. To like obfuscate or uh, to to obscure what's about to happen. So I thought it was that. But yeah, as a yeah, because they were like, "You're getting too big. Mm-hmm. You're and trying he, to eclipse." He's talking about the problems with their sect of it, basically mm-hmm. specifically, and then they're literally like, "Get your hand out of my pocket," and they shoot this. Because they also ask him too. He's like, "What do you want? You want a car? You want this? You want that? You want the status?" He's like, "It's not about that." I think it's like there's this thing that happens with uh, like cults and like religious things too. That like there are there's the like oh like the people who run the mega churches, right? It's like yeah, we're doing this because you know God this this and that, and then like they'll get a true believer, they'll get someone in who's like oh starting to understand this shit, and eventually being like you're just doing this shit to get rich and have power, right? And then being like. I mean, yeah, and then that motherfucker usually gets kicked out of the shit, like, right? It's like, yeah, you know, we're we're doing a thing, obviously. Um, we've already reacted to RRR. Catch up. Also, I'm sorry, we have a uh, thank you for the one gifted Normies membership over on YouTube. We appreciate hey, YouTube. that. Uh, that is awesome. And sorry, all in the game, I don't know that we're going to get a chance to talk about Vince McMahon today. That's on me. Oh, I forgot yeah, about that. It was really bad. But we'll save that for next Friday. See, I'm that's super the hook. Curious. Uh, well, in fact, we'll have more information by next Friday. Marquetta, what was one of your favorite scenes? <sighs> okay. Uh, it wasn't my favorite scene, but I just wanted to point it out. Uh, it's like a throwaway scene and really small. When uh, Malcolm X and his two other goons are walking up to a building, and there's that white lady. I think they are at Harvard. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and she's oh, like, yeah. Well, yeah. what can I do? How can I help your uh, cause? Um, and he's just like, he just tells her there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, this is something that he actually like mentioned in his biography um, and his biographer was like really kind of talking about that moment extensively because later in life he like he went back to that memory and like was really regretful that the way he spoke to that woman mm-hmm. um, and um, I don't know I just I just thought it was like um you know, f- for him, he, he really didn't want to be remembered as what what he the way he was when he was in the nation of Islam, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, that is how he is, continues to be remembered. And I mean, people change, right? Like he did change. He changed his religion. He changed his entire like worldview. Yeah. Um, within the last three years or two years of his life, it seemed like he was like 
becoming yeah. like yeah. himself. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Like he was finally coming to his own, um, like his own opinions. He had his own church. He, like, he was finally figuring out things for himself without being under some another personality's influence. And that's when he, like, he wasn't able to live out his full potential before he was assassinated. And, you know, it was, I don't know. How I don't know why it touched me, but it did. He was about the same age as Denzel when he was making the movie, actually. So uh, let us look. Can someone look it up while I. Um, so my, oh, the age of. Was, a, how long was he in jail? Think, uh, yeah, I think he did the full 10 years. Yeah, it was like 8 to 10. 8 to 10 but they had like 13 15 counts, charges, right? Yeah, but it was uh, all, concur- all concurrent. So they, oh, he just had to okay. do it all at the same time. But it was 8 to 10 for 15 counts. So that'd be like 60 years. Yeah, but concurrent, yeah, concurrent. you just you do it all at the same time. They were all 8 to 10 counts, and they all just brought it down to you serve yeah. for all of those things. Oh, you can serve it consecutively, or you can serve it concurrently. You serve for one crime, you serve for the okay. five crimes. Okay, okay, okay. Um... Which is dumb. What was I supposed to be looking at? Oh, Age of Malcolm X when he died. So for me, one of my favorite and most pivotal scenes is the, uh, it's one of the new scenes after he comes back, after he comes back, right? And they're like, they're really hounding him on the fucking guns because it shows me the hypocrisy of America. Like at the corner, like, so you're still an extremist because you think your people should have guns. This is a fucking America. I am a fucking leftist ass Bread tuber, damn near. Yeah, I own a fucking gun. Cause all the crazies own guns too. I would like it if people own less guns, but until that fucking happens, it doesn't make sense to not own a goddamn gun. It's just that's my take. You and do what you want to fucking do. When people are beating each other up over toilet paper, I decided that maybe getting a gun was reasonable. But my how old was he? My he was, was also thirty nine. Thirty nine. Jesus, he get up. Bro. That's crazy. So much, bro. He, I feel he, like he, he learned so much at a young age. Like he, like some people don't grow up that fast. I mean, he's almost for. He felt like he's about to turn a corner, and I, I feel like that's when he was literally like the most dangerous. And I think it's the same truth for MLK. I think as people f- get further yep. Yep. into yep. Yep. the whole like leftism, I think the further people get into socialism, I think the more anti-capitalistic people get is when they actually do start becoming dangerous to the status quo. Because like, I do think that some of that shit makes a lot of fucking sense. And a lot of the problems that he has with America, I do think can be, it comes down to income and inequality and shit. He's like, go down the street and look at the other people's houses mm-hmm. and tell me why they don't. He's talking about systemic racism. He's talking about like, there is a system at play to keep us fucking down. And when they're talking about, Oh, like we'll have our own nation and it'll be separate. We can't do that in America. And like we, they tried it with Liberia. And that didn't work very well. The black folks that they sent from America over to Liberia just became colonizers because that's all they fucking knew. And they were sent over with guns and like shit didn't go well. Like uh, Native American people have reservations and it's not separate and equal. Like we we know this. There's no separate and equal shit. And I know that for a while that idea seemed like it was going to make a lot of sense, but I don't think that it could have. But the new scene when the dudes are asking them like just about do you think black people should still arm themselves? Mm -hmm. That's not a controversial (laughs) question. At all, right? But they're playing it like it is because, like, there's a certain sect of America that doesn't believe in restricting guns until certain people have guns. Same with the Black Panthers, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they're like, well, black people have them now, and that's when we're going to make more gun laws. Just like nobody had Mm -hmm. issues with welfare until black people started accessing welfare. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the majority of people helped by welfare are white people because, like, the majority of people in the country are white people. Same, like, there was places in Alabama that had public pools and when they let black people be able to go swim at those public pools, they filled them in with cement so that no one could use the pool. It's the same oh, kind of poison. fucking deal, right? It's like that joke they have in BoJack where uh, women start carrying guns more, so they outlaw guns. It's like, yeah, like I feel like that's what it takes, and like it, it's a, 
it's a glimpse into the hypocrisy of the country and it's something that still goes on to this day and like I don't know it's it's wild and and I like that he still stays calm and he's still talking and the movie felt sad because I think they do a really good job of portraying Malcolm X and it feels like that yeah at the beginning of his life he probably wouldn't have been good friends with a lot of the people I know or me but like towards the end it feels like he would have been someone yeah. I would have wanted to listen to I would have wanted to hear him speak I'd want to hear him talk I'd want to go sit in lectures at the fucking feet of him and MLK and just learn shit like yeah. there's a lot of civil rights leaders that are still alive today uh, 100%. Unless, like, if, but like, if he was still alive he would have a such like he was a, a natural speaker yeah. like, mm-hmm. he, like it, it was easy with him like you would just like the like the uh, police officer that's that's too much power for one man yeah you could easily get drawn to him mm-hmm. and listen to him oh he say i'm with you he had me boy like, <laughs> <laughs> if if he would have came to me and back in that time especially when black people didn't have a choice of thinking about a black jesus or like a black yeah, yeah. Like there, there was no idea or concept of that for someone to come up and be like bro you know Jesus is black, right? Like, nigga, shut up. That shit crazy. He's like, nah, bro, look right here in the screen. Yeah, he's right. like, proof. What? It you got books. Like, yo. yeah. And I think. He had me, bro. I'd been a Muslim as hell. Muslim as hell. Muslim as fuck. Um, and I think, too. Um, oh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. But, I mean, that's it, it. It does a really good job. Oh. Malcolm X would hate the way that he is portrayed in schools and shit. Yes. I yeah. went to so yeah. a Martin school. Yes. Bo- and, like, I went to a school. Uh, 400 students all of us were black except for I think like two kids for gifted and talented in Gary and I'm pretty sure we weren't even given like proper curriculum on that it was a good school it was a really good school and he did a lot of really good things but I don't remember learning proper shit about civil rights there and then like moving down here I don't remember what it was about but it's like it, it's in our education too for all those things it that is. are happening now that are shitty which are way shittier than they, they even used to be because we're over here and motherfuckers in Texas being like, oh, no, slavery was cool. People enjoyed it. Like, it's not even about that. It's about, it's always the deep history shit, but it's the more recent history. Like, this isn't that long ago. He was talking about 1964 is going to be a good year for us. My mom was born in 1964. My grandma is still with us. Like, we have family members that were there then living through that shit. My grandma grew up on a segregated street. Like, we should be learning not about, we should be learning about our deep history. And how that affects now, but I think like our most recent history, civil rights movement, we should have a whole entire class on that. We should be learning yeah. it because it doesn't just affect black folks in America; it affects everybody. Everyone's talking about, oh, there's no peace in America. When will we have peace in America? And it's like, well, when we fucking learn the history and we actually start to solve this shit. And, and the whole narrative about like Malcolm X being basically you have you have like Malcolm X on one end and Martin Luther King on the other end, right? And like one is evil and one is good and it's so reductive to what either of them had to say and then in between also just gets siphoned into those two categories so if you like malcolm x and you're violent and radical Mm -hmm. and if you like mlk you're you're peaceful and you're like this and that but that's not how that was at all in fact they both like before they were assassinated they kept trying to meet and Mm -hmm. it was not panning out because of the threats on both of their lives they like never were able to actually meet but they wanted to meet and talk and they wanted to start an initiative together they met up at least once mm-hmm. but i don't they think did, they got to get like, start doing they, all the stuff yeah, they wanted to do exactly um and all of these <clears throat> plans were cut short and like it just makes me it makes me mad because like imagine what what where we would be now <laughs> if those two could work together um and i and and this the other thing that this 
narrative like plays into is Islamophobia. Yeah. Because you have, you know, the, the good guy is obviously Christian and the bad guy is a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And it, it adds on to the ethos that we have mm-hmm. in the world about just like Muslim equals bad. And it's just it's harmful. And that's why I wrote my thesis. I remember growing up thinking that and literally and I, this is going to sound hilarious, but like I remember growing up thinking that Malcolm X was a dude who would walk into an area or like a train station. I don't know if you guys have ever seen head of state when Bernie Mac gets off this train and he's just smacking everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I literally thought that that was Malcolm X. Like as far as like, how violence went and anything, if a white person came to him, he was like, get the fuck out of my family. Like, <laughs> and then I always thought that MLK was that, that peaceful yeah. turn the other cheek, the one that you mm-hmm. want to be type shit, blah, 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 blah. Until I got older and I was like, no, nah, some people need to be hit. Like, yeah. And guess what? Might need to be hurt. MLK <laughs> said, what did he say about a uh, peaceful protest or like, uh, yeah, it doesn't work. He was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it makes sense until a certain point And then, you know, it don't. Someone, like, it, they, they both are. Self-defense is both <clears throat> like both of them acknowledge self-defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, MLK isn't like, Okay, fuck me up, fam. Like, just take <laughs> it. <laughs> Let's go. I, I think what happens is the the way, at least for our school system here, the you said like civil rights, like the class mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, the reason we were taught any ounce of civil rights was because we were talking about civil war and the slavery, and then after that, we would have maybe a chapter that encompasses everything on civil rights where mm-hmm. the other six other chapters were basically on the war and the strategies of the war and everything and they only focus one chapter on you know civil rights and the civil rights people they focus on like MLK and Malcolm X and like for me like I said my opinion Malcolm X changed drastically after watching this movie because I'm glad thought, you watch it on stream too that's really cool yeah mm. it, was, it, was, it was really good to watch because I got get some insights from other people that I didn't know about. Especially but, the FBI shit. Yeah, I did not know the FBI was behind Malcolm they, X. Like, they show you to you in the movie when there's the two white dudes listening to the call and they're like, this guy. And they're like, he's a, what did they say? He's a saint compared to MLK. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just, I never knew that, like, the, the FBI were watching civil rights people like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And just <laughs> for me, I wish now that Malcolm X probably gets the same amount of attention that Malcolm I mean, uh, MLK. MLK does because it, they are the same people. They don't want the same thing. It was, and then the, they didn't even take a different approach. It wasn't like uh, Malcolm was ever violent or anything like that. It was just like white people did not like Malcolm flat out saying mm-hmm. fuck white people. And here's the thing. They didn't <laughs> like MLK at the time either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's didn't. like, they people keep wanting to be like, Oh, I'm okay. This is okay. It's like, if they were both around today, people would hate them just as much as they hate anybody fucking else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, it's just it's crazy. I think um, trying to boil two people, anything or anybody or any movement down to something that's really succinct like that doesn't work. I also think that the American school system is really good at making us good workers, mm-hmm. and I think that learning about social issues and social uh, income and inequality makes you a worse worker. For the most part, because you're like, oh, like, well, I can strike. I can fight against this. I can do collective bargaining. I got yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. I think, like, that's why they don't teach this shit in school. In school, I took an economics class where they taught me about surplus and supply and demand and how to figure out what revenue is over profit and all that. And you also go to school, essentially, like, you learn your work week. Like, you learn your hours. You learn how to deal with a manager. You learn how to deal with teachers and shit. Like, they really prepare you for work, which is, I do think you should be prepared for that. But, like, that doesn't mean you need a full on education. You know what I mean? And then even when you're out of school, like 
sure, I got to pay for college classes. I could take an African-American study or I could take something that goes towards my major that's going to help me to get a better job. Like, you know what I mean? Like we focus so much on that. I'm not saying these things aren't important. I'm saying that when your goal is to get a job and be sustainable and be like the best working citizen that you can be that like, sure, learning about MLK and learning about uh, Malcolm X is great, but like W.E.D.B. Voice. W.E.D.B. Fucking James Baldwin, the homie. Like, yeah. learning about these people is great, but does it make you better at what your end goal is? And your end goal is financial stability. And, like, not really. Which is really, well, and someone brought up WDB, uh, WB Du Bois, which made me think about it. But like, yeah, that was his thing. He was like, yo, we need to get land and start taking care of ourselves and our people. And that is what he wanted everyone to do. Like, he, I put him in the same category with Malcolm X and MLK, but he doesn't get any attention, kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's actually really all I had to say about him. Yeah. Also, fun fact I learned recently because I was calling him Dubois that it was actually pronounced Du Bois. Yeah, Du Bois. Like, du Bois, like on purpose. <laughs> du Bois. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. We are, uh, and this is for all you people watching on YouTube. Right now, there's 74 of you watching on YouTube, and I mean it's for all 74 head ass of all you motherfuckers. Y'all need to listen up because I'm about to tell you the movie we're watching next week. And if you want to participate in the conversation, it'd be nice if you watched the movie. This is the Normies Movie Club. Started originally because Pat watched American Psycho and was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And so we have now started watching (laughs) movies more and talking about them and diving into them because, um, well, in this case... This movie teaches a lot, but don't get your information from movies like this. But yes. you can still go and learn and watch. But here's stuff, the but. thing: this is where I want to say though. Yeah, you like a normal human being is not gonna like unless it's a super interested. They're not gonna go seek out information on it, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like we need movies like this to educate people. You just can't rely. It people. should be the start of your education. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, but to pique your interest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to pique your interest, because like no one's just. Because this is not like excite, like you know, sexy, fun, exciting things. No one's just gonna, hey, I want to go learn about it. Like people need to get get the interest peaked, and we do need these type of like accurate movies out there, yeah. so it gets peaked. In that way, people are actually be more educated. Otherwise, we're not gonna have educated. But people. education and entertainment aren't the same thing. Education is boring sometimes, and yeah. it guess what? It kind of has to be but because. Ha- but to get there, you gotta have some interest, but you gotta yeah. be able to peak people's interest. Yeah, I'm I, I'm saying I agree. I just don't want people to. I don't want anybody to go. And watch a fucking biography and then like do a book report on just I know reading books sucks. I'm here with you. I suck at reading books too. Or I get to read a dissertation. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> like I'm bad at it. But I Aww. that's where that's where the information is, all right? That's where the hidden nuggets of truth are. They're in books. Not all books. All right, don't go read The Seven Keys of Lights by Enoch, which I have flipped through. Don't read that shit and think that the pyramids at the bottom of the ocean are gonna solve anything because they don't exist. Okay? No, no. Maybe there might the book's be. about Atlantis. I stumbled upon a cult book and yeah, read like I was half about of it. I was like, mm, I don't book. have any evidence against it or for it, so I'm not gonna say. Oh, oh, last fun fact about this: uh, the cinematographer for this movie directed season two, episode eleven of The Wire, where uh, Frank Sabaka dies. Okay, um, I I was watching this movie and legit thought, like the way it was shot, I was like, this looks, this is gotta Wire-esque. be the most recent. Movie that he's done had no idea it was ninety two. Like I thought this movie was after Chirac. Oh no, that's yeah, it looks it's, great. F- that's it's fucking crazy. Anybody out there that shits on old movies, I'm not going to insult you, but I'm thinking about an insult for you. Watch old old movies are good too. I don't know if you know this or not. Just like old music's good. I don't know if you know that. Just like old art, I, there's new stuff is good too. But there's in the past, there's been so many good things. Anyway, the movie that we're watching for next week is, and I'm going to read you the synopsis. 
Velocipaster. Uh, we're doing kung fu movies for Black History Month, and you Yay. guys might be wondering why. And it's because black folks like kung fu movies. That's why. And also, yeah. all months are Black History Month. All right, let me give you a brief dissertation on Ghost Dog. <clears throat> Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, is a 1999 crime drama film written and produced by director Jim Jarmusch. Uh, Forrest Whitaker stars as the title character, the mysterious ghost dog, a hitman that is employed by the mafia who follows an ancient code of samurai as outlined by the book of Yamamoto Tusunomoto. Uh, <laughs> Does Forrest Whitaker play dog? Bro. No, dog. He plays ghost dog, an assassin. Uh, is it Luda? No. <laughs> anyway, ghost dog, the way of the samurai. Well, that's what we're watching. I... <laughs> I've been told to watch this movie for I'm a very excited. long time. <laughs> when have you ever wanted to see Forrest Whitaker fight? I don't know. Period. Movie music by RZA. Come on, of course. Obviously, right? Like, who uh, else would do the? Movie? I bet he's in the movie too. <laughs> he's probably in the fucking movie. Man with a metal hands, ass nigga. You get the oh, uh, iron was it? Iron <laughs> fist. Iron fist. Oh, my what God. was it? Oh my yeah. God! I the man with the iron fist. With my cheese. Now listen. Up. An international co-production between the United States, France, Germany, and Japan. This film premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, where it competed uh, for the Palme d'Or. What? <laughs> it was at the Palme It was at the Cannes <laughs> Film Festival. I don't know if it won the Palme d'Or. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta watch it, y'all. Come on, Ghost Dog. Down. Ghost Dog. All right. If anybody, so everybody on YouTube and everybody on Twitch, <laughs> go watch Ghost Dog. We're watching Ghost Dog. We're talking about Ghost Dog yeah. next week. Okay. All right. Ghost dog. Ghost dog. Ghost dog. Ghost dog. All right, y'all. We'll see you at the next one. Bye. I sincerely hope Ghost Dog is good, but here's the thing. It can't really be bad. It's called Ghost Dog. My expectations.